Greetings, listeners. To celebrate our 75th Let's Read Spider-Man episode, we're going to do an ASMR episode. You want to do the No, the that was perfect. Now, now we do the music. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go yeah. ahead. I know you. I'll sing and you just do the. I gotta do it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll sing, okay? There we go. Perfect. That was terrible. I told you we should have rehearsed, but why don't you take it away, James B? Why not? Now I have to get to the show notes. <laughs> oh, there oh, they how are. Pleasant. How calming. Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. Here is a man who would never take off his shoes at a dinner party. My Emily Post respecting friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm rather polite at dinner parties, and I appreciate this very subtle introduction, James B. Um, looking forward to podcast today. Do you know why I said um, taking off your shoes at a dinner party? Uh, yeah, I'm worried about shoes on Spider-Man at some point. He's crawling on walls. Maybe I forgot. He's crawling on the ceiling at one point. Right. He has his shoes like tied around his... Because he can't crawl on the sh- on the <laughs> ceiling with shoes, but he can crawl on the sh- ceiling with socks, apparently. But he's done that before. I He's definitely crawled around. There's some consistency problems here, but fair enough. So today we're going to do our ASMR issue, which really means we're not going to put any sound effects in that we don't create. That's right. We're going to create our own sound effects today. <laughs> it's going to be great. Perfect, James B., The Amazing Spider-Man, number 116, Suddenly, the Smasher. Spidey declares he's bored while he reads a political billboard for Richard Rowley, who's running for mayor. Ah, Spider-Man's bored here? For real, James B.? You know, I saw Richard Rowley, and I thought, I've ignored this guy before. Did you ignore him before, too? Or did you read the issue he was in? Uh, Clearly, I also ignored him. I did not read the issue he was in. (laughs) You might not have ignored him as much as I did. The difference was, I don't remember exactly which of the epic collections he's in. Did you have the epic collection that had the Spider-Man Magazine 2, the one we did with Kevin Ewing? Oh, yeah. I did not have that epic collection. No, I had it. That was a digital one for me. So that was like the Spectacular Spider-Man Magazine 2. Two. There was actually a spectacular Spider-Man magazine one. It was oh. in black and white and it was huge and it had Richard Raleigh in it. And I thought, meh, I don't care. And I skipped right <laughs> over it. And now he's back and I'm like, oh, so much for that. Well, I would have done the same, but I feel like Spider-Man has just come off of a incredibly harrowing adventure. He has a terrible ulcer. And he's complaining about being bored in panel number, what, three? <laughs> This is terrible, Spider-Man. Take a, take a day off. Heal up. Well, thankfully, a 10-foot super-fast giant, illistically named Smasher, crashes through the billboard. Spidey briefly tangles with the Titan, but must save two billboard workers and loses the villain. At the bugle, J. Jonah is reiterating to Joe Robbie that he doesn't need his political opinions as a Spidey startles him by reclaiming his mask. I really thought J. Jonah was going to rush off 
an, get another Spire Slater after this insulting incursion into his office. It wasn't that bad. I mean, Spider-Man's always given him a hard time in the office. I'm glad he got his mask back, but I was impressed how many issues he was wearing that cellophane mask that had the eye holes in it. Uh, we're going to have coming up in about two podcasts, we're going to have our good friend uh, Sarah Pezzle back. All right. I'm going to ask her, does she have a cosplay costume for the uh, cellophane <laughs> mask and the Doc Ock power pack that makes you stronger? Because that would be a, a cosplay <laughs> look that uh, would be unique to only a few issues. <laughs> That's for sure. As Peter is walking to the bugle, worrying about Gwen's interest in Flash, MJ and Harry pull up in his convertible. Honk, honk. MJ is a big fan of Raleigh, telling Peter to attend a rally tonight as she pins a rally pin on his coat. Upon arriving at the bugle, J. Jonah is about to blow a gasket. Because Peter is bringing him photos of a has-been, hammerhead, instead of the smasher. Um, J. Jonah, this is, the bigger story is hammerhead here, in a huge way, right? No? It's, hammerhead and Doc Ock photos are old news. <laughs> Like one day old news. <laughs> hey, uh, this is a lesson against procrastination. When you take the photos, you get them taken care of right away before they drop in value. I, I, I guess so. He's too sluggish then. Uh, that's, the, that's the problem here because I see J. Jonah connected to the underworld. He's not going to publish uh, Hammerhead and Doc Ock because he doesn't want to be giving them. Uh, it's not you know, even from this comic. Them. He's like, here's some pictures from another comic book. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Give me something. Contemporary. The Smasher's running around. There's a new, the new villain. He's all over. He's on the cover. All right. Well, we can talk about the Smasher more later. Uh, we then watch the mayoral candidate Raleigh giving a spirited speech about never bowing to threats from organized crime. He is threatened soon after by someone who looks like the Monopoly Man, but refuses to back down. Spuddy swings around that night until he builds up the nerve to go see Gwen, who, of course, a day is thrilled to see him and not interested in Flash. Later at the rally rally, with Gwen, the ceiling begins to crumble. We end with Peter trying to save the unknowing bystanders, including Gwen. Gwen's going to die, James B. She's underneath the collapsing roof. You know, everyone's going to die one day, Eddie. <laughs> not Gwen Stacy. Never. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, the Smasher is rather prominent on the front of this cover, James B. You were, you were talking about how J. Jonah thinks he's the bigger story here. Uh, does he deserve to be on the cover? I wouldn't put Richard Rowley on the cover because <laughs> he wasn't even on the cover of the Spectacular Spider-Man magazine. They just had like Spider-Man on the cover back then. So he doesn't sell issues. Well, uh, how many panels do you think the Smasher appears in in this book? He, there's not a lot of fighting. You have to put guys who fight in the cover. So it's the right play. I guess so. It's but the, he's only in like 14, arguably 15 panels of this book at most. <laughs> so your question really shouldn't be, does a Smasher deserve to be on the cover of this book? The question should be, why is a Smasher so unimportant to the story? I, I guess so. It's like, we've had covers though before where Spider-Man, I mean, recently he's like, Spider-Man gives up and there's no villains. There's just a bunch of like dudes fighting down below. It's not unheard of. I don't I think this is the question that I can comfortably measure. answer um, right now. Now, I, I have read 116 and 117, but I, I – did you read 118 yet? I've read part of 118. I did not read 118 yet, but I feel like I already know what's happening in 118. And I think what's happening in 118 distra lets us know why the cover is 
what it is on 116. But we don't want to talk about 118 and an issue with 116 and 117. We just want to talk about 116, 117, and cover our sponsor. That's all we got to take care of this issue, you know, or this podcast. All right. I'm ready for a sponsor, James B. All right. We'll squeeze it in here. Eddie, do you want to be safe from COVID, the indoor airborne disease, and keep your family safe too, like a responsible dad? Yes, of course. We know that window cleaning technicians are responsible for making the dirty glass windows of offices and high-rise buildings clean and glistening. Are you interested in the same physically demanding conditions outdoors and high up on ladders, scaffolding, or suspended platforms, but not being labeled as a cleaner? Now you can be a billboard painter technician. The same perks exist. You can still check out the items inside a nearby building, steal them, and then recover them for the reward. Or keep them, I suppose. But now, while doing some artwork, which seems more exotic. So come work outdoors, enjoy the view, and be a billboard painter technician today. Eddie, would you like to keep working inside your COVID-laden schools, or are you ready for a career change. I really like working outside. I like being outside a lot. Um, Not so keen on the heights, I guess. And I don't know. It seems a little dangerous. I'm not really well trained for such things, James B. But Eddie, one of the benefits is if you see something inside a nearby building and you're thinking, hey, I could steal that and then recover it for reward. Kind of like Hobie Brown did back in the day. You know, he had problems being up there. These these guys that we saw in the issue 116, they weren't fully taking advantage of it because they were busy being attacked by the smasher. You wouldn't have those problems most likely. You could be making a profit. It, it appears there's a criminal element to my employment. Is that... Is that what the sponsor is alluding to? That we should potentially commit a crime here? But Eddie, remember, you can return it and just be a hero, which is, that's the play here. Okay, you, you, you got to think big picture here. Or you could suppose, you could just do the art if that's what you want to do. But, you know, your partner could be making a lot more money on the side. You're not forced to do that. Um, so, like you said, if you like being outdoors and you like the art, it sounds like it might be good for you, especially with the COVID-laden schools that are going on these days. So it sounds like it's a it's a thumbs up for you. Uh, you know, this you make a valid argument here. The COVID-laden schools, I guess. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of like my job. <laughs> I don't know how much of a music teacher I'm I'm going to be after this episode, but uh, no window washing for me. Sorry, James B. Uh, Appreciate the effort of getting the sponsor, though. Well, if you don't want to design artwork, perhaps you could be designing stuff like in issue 117 from February 1973, the deadly designs of the Disruptor. 
Peter Parker manages to stop the roof collapsing. Great, great, strange. Uh, hold the roof together with webbing. At a charity fundraiser for Richard Raleigh until the people can slip away. And then the roof does collapse. And speaking of slipping away, he manages to slip away behind a web shield before anyone can learn Spider-Man's true identity. Uh, following the event, the Reed Richards lookalike Raleigh plays up his tough-on-crime stance and vows to catch whoever was responsible. Um, how did no one get hurt here? It seems to be a dev. Not only does it seem devastating, but to hide his identity, Peter Parker rips the... Uh, what can we say, the electrical box off the wall, plunging everyone into darkness. <laughs> when, I, when I read this, I'm like, this seems like it's going to endanger the people inside the room considerably more than uh, than what they would have been had they had lights and could see the roof falling, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking, do you yell fire? I mean, what do you do to get everyone oh, out of there? There you go. That's true. That would yeah. work. That would make everybody get out real quick. Um, I think Gwen's lines are far more interesting and entertaining through this section here. Uh, did you see when they were walking out, James B., she said, uh, no, they're not hairs. They look like part of a spider web, referring to some webbing that was on Peter Parker's um, jacket, which, of course, sends Peter on high alert to her saying, cheer up, Petey lad. I was only funning you. Those little web strands fell on almost everybody back at the Eden. For a moment, you looked as startled as Spider-Man might. <laughs> I like this writing, James B. You think that she's got any kind of inklings at all? Or you think that this is just, you know, written to make Spider-Man uh, all nervous, but she really has no idea? I think it's written to make her make him feel nervous, but I would love to think Gwen has figured this out and she's just being coy with him uh, through this section. Why, why don't you tell us what she says after that? Well... I don't have it written down specifically, but I do know that, you know, she calls to him and she's reaffirming their love. Speaking of love, uh, Dopey MJ gets stupid in love with Richard Raleigh. Uh, she says things such as um, Sharp's practicing her name with his name and then says at one point, I wonder if he likes redheads. Um, as if she, if, if, <laughs> we we got to do the record scratch for this one, James. <laughs> As if she could handle commitment, right? <laughs> uh, yes, correct. We don't want to. We don't want to. Poor Harry. <laughs> oh, that's what you think? I thought they were broken up already. I think, think they're so? broken up, but Har Harry's his heart has been broken by the un you know unfensible MJ. <laughs> can't can't keep her anywhere. Yeah, I just thought it was disturbing that. She's, you know, so worried about like, you know, I wonder how it would sound. Mary Jane, Ra Mary Jane Raleigh. Like she's worrying about like marrying this dude and she God. won't even give anybody else the time of day, you know, so. But MJ, it's, it's terrible writing for MJ. Speaking of disturbing, a costume criminal, as we know, called the disruptor is disturbed and he's angrily banging his fists, thwamp, 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 because Spider-Man ruined his plans and should have been shot. Uh, the disruptors hired a scientist named Dr. Thaxton to create the Smasher from the previous issue to do his bidding. He orders the Smasher to be made more powerful. And now, Eddie, it's time for my bold statement, bold statement, bold statement, bold, bold, bold of the day. You ready for it? I'm ready. Eddie, 
This issue is simply Marvel Superheroes 14 retold. The issue that we did with the Multiverse of Badness guys and the Nullifier and the Synthetic Man. Oh, bye. James B., you're, you're correct. <laughs> i got to side with you on this one. Ten-foot monster being controlled by someone else. <laughs> He's wearing the same headpiece, right? It's just a... Yes. They're like, remember when we did that and we didn't really do anything with that issue? Let's release it now. Oh, my. Listeners... Brought back around. Go- Google it. Go look, go on wow. to one of those uh, Marvel... Um, the... Whatever you call oh, it. What's, man, what's the, the synthetic f- man. Big Bluey. He's back. That's right. We know where he is. He's here. He's just got a different name. Wow. So the disruptor here, Eddie. Oh, man. Well, what do you think of him? This guy's lines. <laughs> Who is... For, I, you know, I know we've had many villains who really, it's kind of an insult to toddlers to say they speak and act like toddlers. But this these lines here, shut up. This is in reference to the poor Dr. Thaxon, who I don't know how what he has done in his life to find himself in this situation. But this is the Disruptor talking to him. Shut up, you sniveling fool. The Disruptor waits for nothing. Not now. Not when I'm so very close. I'm so hungry for my newfound power that I can almost taste it. Activate all the circuits now. And like, Thaxon is like, uh, too much. He's, he's running amok. I was afraid of this. <laughs> and Immediately after they manage to like slow the smasher smasher down, uh, he gets all nervous. Then <laughs> he tells him to hit the. What do I do, Thaxton? Quickly, man, tell me. <laughs> it's just, yo, know, disruptor. Don't like mess with the guy's remote control and activate all the circuits yeah. of the and smasher. The, and the solution is called the nullify button, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Eerie parallels on James mm. B. As in Eddie, this smasher, this writing. this ten foot, six hundred to eight hundred pound giant, is he a real person or is he like a what is this guy? It it references him as a like common criminal, a common thug that they have just enhanced. I mean, speaking of things that they have ripped off, I immediately thought of the rhino. I don't know about you, but like. Is this not the same story as the rhino? He was like, I'm just a dumb guy, and they gave me this rhino suit. Yeah, but the rhino's not 10 feet tall. This guy is, this is the largest character in Spider-Man that I've ever seen him fight, like as far as size. I guess so. I guess that's true. The rhino's got to be, he's big, though, when he's got his rhino costume on, but he's not 10 feet tall. The Disruptor is a regular-sized man, and he's standing, and his head is at the waist of this guy. Well, now, I looked at this picture, too, actually. It's funny you should say this, because I thought, man, this dude looks huge, but he's kind of in the foreground. He's not, like, standing toe-to-toe with this guy. If he was standing a little closer, I think it wouldn't look so, you know. He'd look he'd look more like the ox, maybe. <laughs> mm, okay. He's perhaps, but he's he's big. Let's, uh, we're only halfway through this book. We got to keep moving here. All right. Tell me about it, James B. Um. As Joe Robertson continues to have his doubts about Raleigh, uh, he tells J. Jonah Jameson that he intends to do a more intensive background search on the man. Um, I get, that, that sounds... And then um, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson says, Background, smackground! What difference does it make? Um, Jameson finds this, Eddie, to be like a needless concern. But he doesn't realize how many pages so far have been devoted to this plot point. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, Jameis said you're you're on the lose again here. So if they hadn't they tell us so many times, like, oh, Raleigh's a great guy. And Joe Robbie's like, well, I don't know. I'm going to look into this guy. And then Jay Jonas and JJJ's like, well, I think he's great. And then every time they say he's great from Jay Jonah Jameson and Joe Robbie has his doubts, it just tells the audience right. this guy's no good. Super suspicious. They, they're not subtle at all. And it's every issue, full <laughs> page, multiple panels. And like, you just know. He seems too good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although. Robertson shouldn't be like so in question either. Like, you know, he should be like, whatever. Why do I, why am I going to look into the most nice guy that seems to be going on right now? I guess that's true. I, perhaps. Elsewhere in the city, crooks tried to rob a fundraiser for Raleigh. Peter arrives as Spider Man. The crooks shoot at him, but he, you know, just thwaps them, thwap, thwap, and prevents the crooks from stealing the money. Uh, there's a dated reference in here, James B. Did you see it? Probably. <laughs> he says there's a... Oh, yeah, yes. It's, I didn't says, understand what it was. I, I, you know, I'm going to mention it because it's so confusing to me, too. It's Spider-Man swings off and he says, the boy stood on the burning deck. Do I have, do I have a line? You know, he says... Yeah, uh, I saw him. You know, this line here. This is a reference to like a 18th century poem, Casa Bianca. Uh, I, I don't... I still, I thought I knew why it was in here, but I really don't know. It is a weird dated reference. Bonus points. No prize for anyone who figures that one out. Well, he's on a deck. He's on a deck. I guess that's true. You think, he says someone else said the same thing. Now I have to flip to it here. I couldn't find it right away. He says, wish I could think of a real quotable exit speech group, but all I know is the boy stood on the burning deck and that's been said before. Takes well, was it used as an exit speech in something in 1972? Or I don't know. I don't know either. All right. Well, no prize for anybody who figures it out. James B., tell us what's up after that. Uh, he then returns home. Uh, he actually realizes, like, oh, no, I forgot to do something. Uh, he calls his Aunt May. Ring, ring. <laughs> Octavius residence. Um, and then tells her, like, why are you there? Never mind. Stay there. Uh, before meeting up with Gwen and Mary Jane at, what a surprise, a youth rally for Raleigh. Um, Eddie, Aunt May's doing okay. Uh, I think Doc Ock really doesn't really want to harm her anymore, or am I mistaken? Am I being naive? I think you're being correct for this one. He doesn't seem to have any ill, ill, um, you know, feelings towards Aunt May. In fact, she's doing him a big solid, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let me wrap this up here. Okay. At the rally, the disruptor and his men attack directly uh, by driving a car into the group, and then they attack them with tear gas. Ah, it's burning. Ah, it's acid. Ah. Uh, Prompting Peter to duck out and change into Spider-Man and battle the disruptor and, uh, you know, essentially send him packing. Um, Later, J. Jonah Jameson visits with Raleigh and tells him, oh, by the way, Joe Robertson is looking into your background. He's a skeptic. A one-man watchdog committee looking into your past. <laughs> he also doesn't have anything else to say to him besides that. And then he like basically leaves. Actually, he says something like, "I'm a man of I'm a man of few words." And then he time is money. And then he just leaves after that. Uh, but word speaking of words, word gets back to the disruptor somehow. Hmm, who has the newly enhanced <laughs> Smasher revived and orders the creature to bring Joe Robertson dead. Or alive. 
Watch out, Joe. Things get bad fast. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel about politicians in these Spider-Man books? I mean, okay, the disruptor. We had Sam Sam Bullet not too long ago, who turned out to be not such a good guy. We had a very weakly named schemer who wasn't a politician, but turned out to be the Kingpin's son, as like someone else. Uh, I am super suspicious the disruptor is connected to Raleigh. I mean, all signs not so subtly point to that, right, James B? All signs not so subtly point to the disruptor, I think, being, 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 being Raleigh. Being in cahoots I think with Raleigh. I think it's Raleigh. Or being Raleigh. I think it's Raleigh. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's, this has got to be like the... Uh, I'm going to get all the all the goody goodies together and blame, kill them all, blame the mobs, then run the mobs out of town and then take over the town. Ha ha ha. <laughs> something like something like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know about this plot. Hey, I got one other thing I was going to talk about at the end there. Um, how many times has Spider-Man had trouble with gas? What, what, what are we going to say collectively in our Spider-Man knowledge? I think you can say this in... It's, what a surprise it's gas and move on. Well, it, he gets gassed, but it doesn't seem to affect Spidey at all. Like, he's able to fight these guys that have gas masks on. I think this is a sign of the times. I think this whole, I think this is the year Vietnam era gas is, is, is a big deal from the whole Agent Orange type thing. I think we just see really? gas all the time. Yeah, I do. What, Same thing we see the political unrest. Like, that's why there's all political stuff going on. This is like the. I, well, that's true. You know, this is just. I, a, I could agree with you. This is just I'm what's just, going on in the world right now. I was just going to say, like, Spider-Man gets gassed, but it doesn't seem to affect him at all, as opposed to every single other it, time he's ever been gassed. It's, <laughs> this gas is affecting the people. It's just like tear, it's just tear gas. Well, I, I'll take issue with that, too, because these guys, sure, they got masks over their mouths. I don't know. Have you ever um, been around tear gas? Because you can't see when you're around tear gas. That I can guarantee. So I'm, I'm all conf- sorts of confused about this gassing, which... It's usually a Spider-Man stalwart for the last, I don't know, 116 <laughs> issues. And suddenly, Spider-Man's just, yeah, gas, no problem. I'll just keep fighting these guys. Well, one thing that's a stalwart for Let's Read Spider-Man is that we wrap things up in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> All right. So, Eddie, why don't you tell people how they can reach out and find us? Uh, you can email us anytime at... Let's read Spider-Man at gmail.com. Ding! <laughs> or on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. Ding! Ding! This is our 75th episode. I know. It's true. It, so many, so many episodes down, but I just love reading Spider-Man. It's, it's not bothersome, and it's something I always look forward to every day. Well, thanks for letting me try the ASMR with you. I rather enjoyed it. Any any chance to make silly noises or silly music is a is a great opportunity for me. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, it sounds like you have an idea for the close, so take it away. Well, I I don't have a prepared close on this one. I was thinking about it as we were going along. I got one. I have one. I have one because okay. you, compl- you, you complained think? about it. So um, this is James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners. If uh, there's a danger, like the roof is going to collapse on a bunch of people, uh, make sure you put them all in darkness. Makes it uh, easier for them to escape. Goodbye. Goodbye. I should have practiced. I just can't remember the It's literally the same thing. 
ドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥドゥはい。Meeting of gentlemen.、Uh, Joe Robbie's reading the newspaper at the start, and I want to say Norman or Norman Osborne is also reading something. It's an interesting scene, bringing a kind of a prominent societal look at Joe Robbie and how he's interacting with the people around him. But I like the painting of this evil John Quincy Adams. 